today in space. Welcome, everybody. It is February 18th, 2017 at 9.48 a.m. Eastern Time, and we, I am here with Sarah. Hey, what's happening? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're here to talk about the SpaceX CRS-10 launch. So we've got the SpaceX live broadcast on right now. We were watching the NASA one just before that. And I'm super excited about this. I mean, the CRS missions are always fun to watch. They're sending up a bunch of scientific experiments to the International Space Station, as, long, as well as a bunch of supplies and just essentials for the astronauts to live on board. This one, I understand, is particularly cool because they're using the same launch pad that the shuttle used to use, right? That the shuttle used to use and that Apollo 11 launched from. Oh. That's Launch Complex 39A. And that's and so, a NASA one, right? Yes, yeah. And it's pretty cool what they're doing with the, the Space Center down there right now is they're really welcoming in the commercial side of the business. You know, they're, uh, they're also setting up space for the Mars missions down the line. They're, they're also providing space for horizontal launching capabilities like Virgin Galactic and uh, I believe Strata Launch. And, you know, obviously with SpaceX, allowing them to use such a like historic launch pad like that, that's, that's I think, uh, a nice tip of the hat to yeah. them saying, you know, yeah, we believe in you. Keep doing it. Well, you know, I think hopefully the partnership between NASA and all the other agencies will continue to grow with time. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll continue to work together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the, the, the good thing is that right now it seems that space has, it has its momentum as just in general. And the current administration, however good or bad they may be doing, uh, they are in favor of it. Uh, there is kind of a thank scuffle. God. Yeah, thank God. That's, that's, a, that's the bright light at the end of the tunnel, right? Um, and I think that's really important. Um, I actually kind of recorded a podcast about this before, but it was a little too heated for it, so I didn't put it out. Uh, but really, I, I, it's, it's a really interesting thing that's going on. There's this kind of slow fight going on between new space and old space. Old space being NASA, the government agencies, the way things have been done the last 50 years, and new space being these tech entrepreneurs like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and, uh, you know, companies like the likes of Virgin Galactic and all that stuff. So uh, there's just this kind of like rebellious teenager versus the parent trying to make sure they don't hurt themselves kind of thing going on. And the one thing I don't want to see is old space quelching that rebellious nature of, mm. of, of the private sector. And I don't think they are. I just think it's, it's coming across online. And I, I don't say that just because I, I, that's what I think. It's, I'm seeing it online. So the good thing is that we finally have, uh, for the second time in a row, two presidential administrations that are for the space program, which is great. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about was you know, there's definitely uh, a fear with the conservative, you know, administration that science and arts and things like that are going to get cut and put to the side for the sake of saving money. Mm. Um, and one of the great things that uh, you and I had both found, and you you had invited me to, was uh, this March for Science yeah. that's happening on Earth Day, April 22nd of this year. That's happening in D.C. and hopefully in other cities. And yeah, it is. It is? Okay. Yeah. Other yeah. cities as well. Check, 
check online, um, see if there's a city near you. But um, it's getting people together from all walks of different science- mm-hmm. sciences. You know, I'm um, a member of the Applied Behavior Analysis Scientific Community. Um, you know, Alex being part of the, you know, space realm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there, but there's tons of different people. There's biologists, there's environmentalists, there's, you know, everybody coming together. And it's actually really neat. They have a little Facebook group that everyone's mm-hmm. been posting about and um, just kind of talking to one another about, you know, why science is important and what we can offer as scientists to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can offer so many things, you know, with just, just the scientific method in general, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea is to kind of make known the importance of science to the people mm-hmm. and kind of say to Trump, this is what we want. Um, you know, we want more science. We want more funding for science. Because in the end, it really behooves... It behooves America, you know? It behooves everyone. Um. Sorry about that. Uh, I didn't have Sarah's mic on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead again, Sarah. Sorry about that. It, it, you're right. I think it does behoove all of us for that. And I think one of the great things that the the group is doing and what, what I'm seeing people that are going to be attending this march doing is focusing on what is the message yeah. because that's my biggest complaint with a lot of these movements that are getting together i was one of the one of the only things i had against the women's march not the fact that it was a women's march but the fact that it just seemed like the message was smeared across a whole bunch of other things and no one had a chance to even realize what anyone was talking about yeah and that's one of the things i like that they're doing is we're kind of all talking about ideas about why science is important and hopefully you know we'll have a united front about you know, what we're asking of the Trump administration. You know, mm-hmm. What exactly do we want? Is it more funding for science? Is it more funding for STEM in schools? What What actually is the thing that we're, we want? Um, you know, I'm not organizing the event, so I don't really have that much control over it, but it was something that a friend invited me to, and I'm pretty excited about. I think mm-hmm. it's a nice way to, you know, kind of say, this is what I'm about, this is what we want, it's what's best for our country, you know. Yep, and it's it's best not just for the country, but for the world in general. Like we, science and engineering and and all these things, they move the world. I mean, mm. the whole reason we can talk to the whole reason you guys can listen to this right now is because of science and technology, mm-hmm. and it's it's just really good to see people getting together for this kind of thing. And I'm I'm very excited to go. We're going to go together. One of the things I want to do there is uh, get to talk to people who are there. Um, and, and get the human side of it and mm-hmm. kind of see, okay, why are we here? Yeah. Why are we here? And I think it's a great thing. And uh, there's some really good stuff going on that I think people are, there's some people that are taking it the wrong way. Um, like right now, the biggest thing I can say is if, if you want to make things better, we need to keep people talking, mm. whether you agree with them or disagree with them, because if they're wrong, it's going to show. If they keep talking. So, so just, uh, just in general, if there's someone that you, I'm talking about people in general, uh, there's this, there's this movement that seems to be going on of just like, well, don't let them talk. I don't want to hear what they want to say. But in my opinion, I think we need to get people to talk because if they're full of shit, you're going to see it. And if we try and block it, that's not good. So a lot of the things that's going on is because of ignorance. So if the scientific community doesn't get together and have a message and tell people, explain to people why, 
then how is anyone going to know? You're just going to cling on to whatever you first heard, and that's it. Right. Well, I think also one of the myths is that, you know, funding science is, um, in a f- it's not economically um, a, a good choice, which I would actually argue is completely and totally false because, mm-hmm. you know, economics is driven by new ideas and, um, you know, pushing forward in science and, and things like that. You know, it, it betters healthcare. It betters, it betters. Um, you know, every, every aspect of life, innovation and and critical thought, scientific mm. thinking. You know, it it applies to every aspect of life. So we need to continue to make it and make it even more of a focus in our country. You know, in schools, in mm. in life. You know. Yeah, yeah, and. One of the things that I think is going to be great for and why I'm so glad that the space program in America is getting attention from this administration is the um, the effect on American culture that it's going to have, that mm-hmm. it had during mm-hmm. the space race. It, it completely reshaped how we looked at ourselves as human beings, how we looked at ourselves as a planet. The EPA was started. The Environmental Protection Agency was started under Nixon, I think, because they saw the Earth from the perspective of the moon and said, oh, my God, that's all we have. You know, we have to protect this. It's beautiful. It's, you know, only hundreds of people have even seen the Earth from orbit, and we need to change that. And I think the the effect it's going to have on culture, whether whether it's a, you know, a private space race here, or it's a it's a combined effort between the government agencies and the private sector, or all of those things. I think it's great. Mm. I really do. And uh, one of the great things before we jump right back into this space launch, because we are at two minutes and fifty seconds to launch here, and one of the great things is that uh, to the fact of we need to keep talking and keeping the conversation going is. Elon Musk is on the uh, tech board, tech mm-hmm. advisory board. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. and he's holding through, and he got a lot of shit online for being there, but we need a guy like that yeah. pre- representing. Like the, <clears throat> at, at the meeting, he had, uh, I don't have the direct quote with me in front of me, but he pushed the agenda to have climate control and, and climate change be at the front, be one of the most, most first most things talked about and it did because he brought it up now it's the first thing being talked about if he wasn't there that's that's my whole argument with the thing if he wasn't there they wouldn't even be talking about it so to keep that person there and being elon musk of all people you know he's gonna dig <laughs> and he's gonna give the facts and he's gonna be able to present the right things and he's doing it he's doing all that stuff thank so. goodness for elon musk <clears throat> and goodness he's staying in the fight um yeah. you know he did it with the uh, to fight to get private companies the ability to actually launch the space because there was a monopoly at the time. Mm. You know, he fought for that, got it, and I'm glad he's fighting for this. You know, he he's, he succeeds, so I'm, I'm glad to see it's him fighting. It's kind of his thing. It's kind of his thing. <laughs> All right, so let's move. We're at a minute 25 here for launch, and uh, one of the things that's launching today is the SAGE-3 mission, mm. which is we, they were talking about uh, just before this, in the broadcast, where it's going to attach the outside of the International Space Station and take readings of the ozone layer outside mm. and allow us to figure out what the fluctuations are that are happening 
from solar radiation, from just overall, you know, what is happening. And I think that's the most important thing that climate research should be doing, environmental research should be doing, is telling us what's really going on. Keep getting things out there so we get more data so we really know right. what it is because we can't do anything if we don't know what's wrong. Right. It kind of takes the cyclical argument out of it. You mm. know, why is it, why is the sea rising? Mm-hmm. Is, well, the sea rising is pretty concrete, but... Okay, we are at T minus 30 seconds. Sorry, T Sarah. T minus 30 seconds. We'll follow Woo-hoo! up with that right afterwards. Okay. Super excited. It's so cool to see the Falcon 9 there with all the old stuff from... Apollo, the Apollo time to bring those astronauts up to the Atlas V to the shuttle bay loading. It's so cool. All right, vehicle start up, upcoming in T minus. Oh, they paused. Hold on. All right, they clock. They stopped the clock. Let's listen in here and see what what happened. Boarding something here. Not that they forgot to, to forget to put something on. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be a very expensive mistake. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the good thing is, it looks like it's just paused. We don't. I don't know quite yet what's going on. Hmm. Steam and yeah, that's the, out of the, that's that? the liquid oxygen. Oh, that's the liquid oxygen. Hmm. Oh boy. Well, as you guys as we looked into the, the TVC issue on the second stage that I mentioned the week before, uh, we saw some behavior that was out of family for what we, uh, we wanted at the time. Out of family. Uh, and while we may have been able to launch today successfully, uh, we did decide to abort today's mission. Wow, they're aborting it all together. ...to take a closer look at the issue with our thrust vector still on the second stage. Uh, oh. Our backup opportunity, our earliest opportunity for launching again, is tomorrow at uh, 9.38 Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Well, there we have it. Holy moly. Well, there you have. Well, there we go. So this happens. Mission aborted. This is, uh, this is just how it is with uh, launches. Sometimes you get them. I know. I know. But that's okay. Uh, we can always follow up uh, tomorrow. It, hopefully, I'll get to have you on. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the rights for that, okay? <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so going back, I guess since now that we've got an aborted launch here, uh, talk a little bit more about that, uh, just about as far as the climate stuff goes. Like, where, where, do, you, where do you line up? With climate stuff. 
in general, because there's no, because if you use one term, then you box yourself in. So just the climate in general, climate climate change, change, all that stuff. Where do I line up on climate change? Well, um, I, ooh, that's tough. I wasn't ready for that. Um, I can start with mine if you want. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for, For me, I think there's definitely some, something that human interference is doing to the climate. Uh, I don't know what level it is. I don't think we have enough data to solidly say what is really going on. Mm. But I'm so for continuing the research so we actually know what's going on. Um, I think that's one of the things people get kind of caught up in. It's like if you don't believe in what's being told at the moment, you automatically get boxed into you don't believe in it. It's like, well, no, that's... You're not listening to my point here. <laughs> I, I might say that I believe in the power of science mm-hmm. and using um, science to using science to cre- um, to confirm or um, to to give to give strength to a hypothesis or um, to weaken a hypothesis. You know, each piece of reach research that we acquire in the area um, strengthens or weakens the argument for human interaction um, with the planet. But the, the main issue is all the research that we can um, that we can acquire is correlational in nature. So um, in statistics, we always say correlation does not equal causation. Mm-hmm. So you actually can't prove something um, a hundred with a hundred percent certainty with correlational research and, and people want it binary they wanted a yes or right. no answer and that's not possible with the tools that we have in order to have an experimentally sound a hundred percent certain um answer we'd need a we'd need another earth to test this on mm. to drive a bunch of cars around pollute the poo out of um and <laughs> see what happens <laughs> i like that um and we can't do that, clearly. Um, if we could create another Earth, uh, we probably would have a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but Even a mini Earth. A mini Earth, Just to yeah. see it on scale. Yeah, you yeah. know, no yeah. big deal. It's fine. Get on that. Okay. All Maybe right. print I'll us an Earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, as we know, the Earth is a really special place. And the part where the emotional aspect comes in is that people are scared. They don't want to hurt the Earth that we have. You know, we have one earth. It's an incredible place, you know. It hosts life, all of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, an incredible um, ar- array of life. And um, my whole take on it is there are things that we could do to make the earth cleaner. And I don't think that for any reason, economic or otherwise, it makes sense to pollute the earth. We only have one earth and we need to take care of it. No matter if the research is a hundred percent there or not that Mm -hmm. we're causing climate change. If you throw a whole bunch of chemicals that aren't supposed to be there into an atmosphere, something's going to happen. Yeah. It's a giant soup of ingredients. Right. Yeah. They filter out at a certain at a certain level. There's the carbon cycle, and it is designed to you know kind of like the water cycle, 
carbon enters the atmosphere, it's brought back down. There's hmm. a whole system, right? But if you put too much carbon into the atmosphere, the, you overload the system. So there's a buildup in the atmosphere. Right. And so where the, the, the people who are really, really aggressive about it and say that, that you know, we're going to have major flooding and the, you know, the whole, you know, we're going to ruin life as we know it today, that is a possibility. It is. Based mm-hmm. on the data that we have. Right. The um, models. And the that. models. And, and just to, to jump on, uh, I think, a, a simple example of, of what you're saying about the carbon and just the soup in general, right? Mm. When you're boiling pasta. Ooh, all right? right. I like it. When you're boiling pasta, you've got that, you've got water there. And if to make sure that it doesn't boil over, what do you do? You add oil, right? Changes the whole. I don't, but you do. I like I it. I do. So it, I it, blow it allows it. you to. <laughs> <laughs> we can't blow on the earth, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, Work on that. Yeah. So when you do that, it changes the whole thing. It's just like adding salt to ice. Like it then melts at a different temperature. So that way you don't have to wait for it to get above 32 degrees for it to melt. So adding those different things changes the whole temperature balance and everything. Mm -hmm. And so my whole thing with where this is going is whether or not humans are really having a major significant effect on the climate. It's changing regardless. We see that on different planets. Mars, the planet's still there. Right. But guess what? Life ain't, if it was. It ain't right. there anymore. So the planet's going to survive well, whether we do or not. Never know. It could be really far under the surface. This is true. This is true. <laughs> I still but have, for what I'm we holding know right out now, for life on Mars. For what we right? know right now. Um, so when... Totally forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry. That's I okay. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> so no, just going back to it, like if if the argument is the Earth is going to get destroyed, that's false. It's a bad argument because the Earth is going to be there regardless. Yes. Now, will it be destroyed in the sense of, of us being there? Yes. So the focus should be we should have better lives for us. And I maybe because they don't want it to be selfish, maybe that's why they don't do it. But <laughs> the, I self interest is not selfish. Uh, it's preservation, right? So okay, so let's talk about surviving as a yep. species so let's let's bring the argument there i whether or not we're having an impact it is going to change it does change it has changed we know mm-hmm. that so the question is can we come up with a way to reverse what's going on mm-hmm. to make cities in a way that filter out uh carbon and more importantly the great article i saw on scientific american was talking about how we should be focusing not on making carbon the enemy because it's just an element and mm-hmm. it's used in so many different things. It's in diamonds, it's in graphite, it's in, it's in graphene, it's in all, all these things, all these things, right? It's a basic fundamental block of, of, carbon, of nature, right? Yeah. So let's figure out how to use it. Right. Figure out how to get it out and put it back to work. Like, like a good cycle, the, yeah. A good cycle, air. you know, it, it's from the ground, it comes up. We use it in stuff, and then it gets uh, into the air, mm-hmm. right? So we've got to get it back out of the air because it's dangerous in the air, but it's beneficial in the ground. So, and that's where science helps is, is figuring out how to make something that's, your, uh, that's detrimental into something that's beneficial. Right. Well, I think we need to figure out a couple of things. We need to figure out at what, uh, um, what amount can the Earth filter carbon independently, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is a carbon cycle, you know, carbon enters the atmosphere with or without us via fire, 
you know, that happened before we were on the earth. Yeah. You know, carbon would burn. Well, and, and to add your point, there's there's different pockets around the earth. I had seen this on uh, Neil deGrasse's uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, Cosmos. Uh, one of the episodes they were talking about is there are areas on this earth that if they melt and release the carbon that's encased in there, the CO two. It's 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 so much more than we could ever do at one time. Mm-hmm. So if you even if you reduce the carbon that we already use, right, and and we stop, we become carbon neutral as a species, right? We cool. still have a problem. Yeah, the, we're not. That doesn't solve the ultimate problem, and that's where I get frustrated that we focus on this one point when there's so much. Like it's so much bigger and 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 more than that. Um, so I just don't like seeing people getting to these pissing fights of like, you know, oh, you're stupid if you don't believe in it. It's like, well, hold on a second, yeah, man. You don't believe in science. It's, it's like, like, well, hold on. That's oh. not beneficial to anybody. That's not helping anybody. That's, that's making the other people put their heels into the dirt even more because now you're making fun of them. Like, and it's just childish. It's, 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 it's having a little tantrum. And, and if you're having a tantrum, who's going to believe you? Tantrums. Who's going to believe you? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. Uh, the, the the fact that we're having this conversation is good. Mm. Hopefully, more people can have conversations like this. Um, and I look forward to that March for Science. I'm very interested in that. Um, we'll bring more. Uh, we'll bring more to the to the front. I just don't. What I'm talking. My mouth is not working right now. <laughs> Can't wait to bring that to everybody. So. Um, and hopefully the launch tomorrow. And hopefully the launch tomorrow, we yeah. Yeah, we'll just pick up there. So right. it's the magic of editing. Yay. We'll just pause and we'll be back tomorrow. Awesome. We'll awesome. See you tomorrow. See you there. And just like that, it's not magic, it's science. So we are here about 20 minutes before the launch, 24 hours later, and we are waiting to hear whether or not this launch is going to happen. At about 9.20, they were going to... Oh, here Oop, it goes. Here they come. Let us know what the weather report is. The only thing that was bad was the cumulus cloud report. Everything else was good. Oh, we've got both broadcasts starting. So, yeah, so one of the, one of the things that... Uh, there was a small storm system that was coming through. It was pouring rain. Now it's clearing up. And now we're waiting to hear whether or not the actual mission is going to launch today. Uh, it looks good. It was 70% favorable, and uh, we're, we're going to find out pretty soon. Let me go back and forth between broadcasts here. Oh, God. That's I'm that, so that's nervous. Confusing. I want to find out. So how are you doing? So it's, it's, well. it's like magic. It's like we're back, and I don't know. It's that's it, the fun of, of production here. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm dying to find out. Oh, actually, yeah, that's that's a great thing we should talk about right now. <clears throat> so yesterday, uh, Elon Musk went to Twitter to kind of explain the whole situation that was going on. I want to just <clears throat> read some of those tweets, so you guys are aware. Okay. Pull it up here. You mean so, about why they scrubbed it? Yeah. So, yeah. Elon Musk said, uh, "If, uh, by the way, ninety-nine percent likely to be fine," which was the thrust vector control. Uh, he said the closed loop TVC would overcome the error, but the 
that one percent chance isn't worth rolling the dice. Better to wait a day. So why they waited? Uh, and then he went on further to say, if this is the only issue, flight would be fine, but need to make sure that it isn't symptomatic of a more significant upstream root cause. And so what does he mean by upstream? Basically, a good thing to keep in mind is that these, these rocket systems, uh, these rockets, they're an entire system. You know, the fuel system, right. all the electronics, all the things, all of it works together, even the, even the stuff that's attached, even Dragon that's attached on top. Uh, it's all connected. So if you change one little thing, it's going to screw up the whole rocket. So Right, right. It's incredible how it all works together. Yeah, it's it's so complicated and when it works right, it's just this kind of crazy like I don't want to say ballet, but it kind of it's like it's yeah. like a, it's like a dance, you know. So all right, so we're we're going to pause here so we can keep this episode at 35 or so minutes and uh, we'll get back to you if we hear anything about the weather and if not we'll get into launch countdown here Woohoo! here's to hoping and we're back so we're at a little less than three minutes two minutes and 40 seconds before launch they are uh, weather is go all systems are go the uh, they're basically going to be as I said earlier threading a needle through the clouds I was say, through an it opening looks so cloudy on that yeah on the feet. The, so they you know it, it's all about the the winds up top and just making sure that the rocket can stay performing properly because if it hits a density of clouds it's going to shake more it, I don't know all the details of it but basically you've got to be able to launch in clear non-windy areas and they are clear to go so that's freaking amazing and one of the awesome things they were showing before was kind of the history of 39A. Mm. And it's so appropriate for where SpaceX is going down the line. It, you know, we're going to be able to re reignite our launch capabilities, mm -hmm. finally send American astronauts into space from American soil. And they're doing it from the place where we launched the first people to orbit the moon, the first people to step on the moon mm -hmm. with Apollo 11. And uh, the first shuttle mission, and they were saying over 80% of all the shuttle, shuttle missions were missions, here, yeah. which is just, just mind-blowing. I mean, this, this, is, this is a very historic thing, and I, I wish them all well. Everything's looking good. So now we're just waiting to see what happens. I'm so excited. It says, what, a minute and 17 seconds? Mm -hmm. Woo! I can't wait. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty cool because this uh, one of the things they were saying is it's going to let SpaceX grow, which mm. uh, really they're they're they have a lot planned. I mean, the Falcon Heavy is uh, basically three Falcon Nines put together. Um, it's going to be able to launch us to Mars. That's the system they're going to use, and I just can't wait to see them successful. Oh, they're also going to be doing a land attempt landing. Oh yeah, at uh, landing zone one. So. We are at 40 seconds here, and go it, all things go good, we'll, we'll follow up with the landing attempt. So here we go. I'll put you guys to the mic. Oh, my gosh. 20 seconds. Ten, nine, yes, eight, ah! seven, six, Woo! five, four, four three, three, two, 
we are launching. Here we go. Okay. So engine ignition. All right. So this one was interesting. It's an instantaneous Woo! launch window. So if we hadn't done this, we would have had to scrub the mission. They would have had. They wouldn't have made the mission if they didn't launch this exact moment. All right. So we're going up. We're at a, uh, about 200 kilometers per hour. Half a kilometer in altitude. From so you far. can't even see it. It's so yeah. cloudy. You can't even see it. <clears throat> but here we go at T plus 30 seconds. Still launching here. God, just listen to that. You can almost feel it in your chest. <laughs> I can't wait to go on a new live. I cannot wait. Okay, so we are at T plus 50 seconds here. Almost at 1,000 kilometers an hour. 900 at the moment. I really love the way they set up their little mission ticker at the bottom of their... Of their on its way yeah. It's it's the way you should do it. It just makes sense. Yeah. You know, you, you see them do it and you're like, yeah, that makes it a lot easier to understand. Because it, yeah. it is, it's so complicated that making it simple for people to follow along is huge. So the next thing we're looking forward here is uh, max Q, which is the max uh, dynamic pressure that the rock is going to see. Basically, when the forces are the highest that it's going to experience, mm. that's max Q. And so that's where most problems happen. Because it's shaking, it's rattling, it's vibrating. Is that based on where it is in the atmosphere? Uh, it's based on that. It's also based on how fast it's going mm. because it is starting to, the air around it is starting to pressurize around it because it's going so fast. It's such a massive object pushing itself through mm. the air because air is, is a, it's, 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 it's an object. You know, we don't right. feel it very except much. Except when the wind blows. Except when the wind blows. And so think of that and then think about, <laughs> you know, going so fast with, where the air wants you to stop, right. always, you know. So max Q, we, we reached max Q, and now we're going to be reaching the next stage, which corner of this is uh, Miko and the boost back burn. Ooh, that's a cool angle. If, you, if you're not watching the feed, you really should check it out. They post these after? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right, so main engine cut off. Just started, so the first stage is released. Now they're relighting, well, they're lighting the second stage. That lit. Awesome. Okay, so we're watching the first stage fall back. It's doing some boost back burns. There it is. Nice. Okay, so the first stage is re-entering here. Uh, it's doing its boost back burn. Now, for it to come back to land, it actually has to do uh, a lot more work and use more fuel than it does when it usually yeah. lands on water because it has to turn itself back around. Why, why wouldn't they use the, the ship? Uh, it, well, they were saying before in the broadcast, it, it all depends on the, the mission parameters. So mm -hmm. for them, uh, for whatever they decided, uh, a land landing for this was a lot easier mm. than trying to coordinate a you know coordinate the drone ship to to match it and you know, I, I don't know all the details i don't work for them right, but, right, right, but that's course. that's the general idea is for this mission they decided the land landing was better hmm. uh probably because they didn't need more performance to get the dragon into orbit so yeah well yeah as uh <laughs> um one of the 
the broadcasters for SpaceX are talking about, yeah, you, you do get chills every time you watch that first oh, yeah. stage bounce off because it, it, oh, it opens yourself up to, you know, the view you see in the curvature of the Earth and how mm-hmm. high it gets so quickly, you know. Um, but the grid fins have deployed. So uh, for those that don't know, the grid fins are on the side. There's about four of them. And they're, they look like mesh, you know, there's, they're, so that the air can move through them easily. But what they're doing is they're helping guide the rocket back in when it hits air, when it hits the atmosphere again, uh, so that it doesn't spin out of control. Uh, and they can keep it oriented so that when they launch their rock, the, the engine once again, when they refire it, um, they're not wasting fuel trying to keep it steady. Mm-hmm. You know, those fins are doing a lot of work that, you know, you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. You know, those grid fins, I remember watching the testings for SpaceX and their original grasshopper design. And before they even had the grid fins, uh, you know, it, it spun, you know, out of control, you know? Yeah. So they were like, Oh, okay, let's use these. And so those, I think they're hydraulically controlled. Mm. Um, but interesting here, we're watching it come back in and just so used to having like a clear day. Or when oh, it's yeah. when it's landing on the drone ship, it's usually there's there's no clouds. Mm-hmm. So to see it coming in with all these clouds around Florida, uh, it's just it's it's that's a new new take. Yeah, it looks so stormy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it like at about an hour before launch, it did not look good. <laughs> yeah. It was it was oh. pouring rain and <laughs> so stormy. I felt bad for the NASA social peeps that were hanging out there. Oh yeah. But uh, we are at five minutes and. 40 seconds. Uh, this, the second stage is at 202 kilometers above the Earth, and the speed is 10,600 kilometers an hour and still shooting up fast because now that it's in space, there's nothing you know, holding it back, so it can just keep accelerating. Or, yes, accelerating. Because the speed is going up. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Had a moment of a crisis there for a second. I was like, wait, do I not know the difference between acceleration and velocity? No, I'm good. I'm good. It's early. It's early. It is. It is. Thank you for coming back on. Absolutely. Let's check in here. All right, so it's coming back in. It's definitely dropping a lot faster, I think. We're finally getting this. Oh, something just flew by. Maybe. I don't know what that was. I don't think it was an alien. (laughs) <laughs> I just think it was debris. All right, so the first stage has reignited. Ooh, now, I think it's just cool. an entry burn. Yeah, this burn is a 15-second burn. They'll stop, and then it will... Yep, so it just stopped. The grid fins will probably start moving soon. Now they're showing the second stage. Still, still burning away at uh, 14 and... An, and a half thousand kilometers an hour, 213 kilometers in altitude. But we're getting close here at seven minutes and 15 seconds to that landing attempt on land, which would happen around the 10 minute mark. Mm. So we've got a little bit of time here still. Sorry, Sarah. So, so what's, what's going through your head while you're watching this? I mean, it, it's just incredible. All the little details that you notice on the rocket. I just, I wish I knew more about how it all worked. The, um, just the, I don't even know how to describe it, the glow of the, um, I guess it's where the fuel exits the rocket, mm-hmm. um, the the glow of the, the casing, I don't know what that material is, that goes around, 
Um, but it's like all lit up. It looks like yeah. I don't know embers on a on a fire. Like mm. it's really neat. Well, yeah. I mean that metal. Up oh, here we go. Landing oh. attempt. That was so cool seeing it come through the cloud like that. Yeah. Up oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh my god. Oh my god. Landing legs deployed. Woo! Oh my god. Oh, that's a nice landing. Oh. Hey. Yeah. Yeah! Yes! That's awesome. amazing. I love it. Oh my god, this is so awesome. Oh my god, look at it all cleared up. Cover. Dude, yeah, right? high wow. five. Woo! <laughs> oh wow. man, that is so awesome. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, I can't even. I can't even. All right, guys. That's it. SpaceX successful launch, successful landing. Uh, we're still going to wait to see what happens to the second stage because, again, that is a big part of this whole mission. Right. But they've successfully launched on the first time at 39A, which is such a huge accomplishment and keeps the hope going that we're moving in the right direction towards going to the moon again, going to Mars, and just giving this historic launch site what it deserves. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And uh, enjoy your week, everybody. Spread love, spread science, and we'll be back uh, very soon with another episode of Today in Space.